everything's going wrong all at the same time. It's just relentless. But then even the smallest little things start to feel so much bigger just because they're in the context of so many other things happening. Like I'm not normally annoyed by a squeaky chair, but because I've had so many things happening in my world, my chair started squeaking and I was like, of course the chair's squeaking. Hello everyone and welcome to the Remind Podcast. My name's David Masterton and I'm joined by the wonderful, lovely Dr. Ashley Morland. How are you going today, Dr. Ash? Hey Dave, I'm awesome, thanks, even with my squeaky chair. Oh, okay, yep. That's um, <laughs> So today's podcast, people, we have a special guest. It's called Ash's Chair. Yeah, so, and our episode is called When It Rains, It Pours. Mm, so maybe it could be your chairs are maybe a little bit arthritic when it rains, it pours, it can sort of sense that. Uh... <laughs> Has anyone else ever had those moments in your life where you just feel like everything's going wrong all at the same time? It's just relentless. But then even the smallest little things start to feel so much bigger just because they're in the context of so many other things happening. Like I'm not normally annoyed by a squeaky chair. But because I've had so many things happening in my world, my chair started squeaking and I was like, of course the chair's squeaking, of course. <laughs> I was so much more irritated by the squeaking chair. Mm. I I do get it. It kind of feels like a stacked on approach. Mm. So if it's not one thing, it's another. Or it's for me, the sense is things are now working against me. Yeah. which um, then it puts me in a situation or a feeling where I just really want to fight back at something. And in the past, there's been a few things I've had to fix after maybe breaking them or um, things that I've said or actions I've done that I haven't been proud of in the moment because I'm trying to fight this invisible thing. It's, like it's coming through, like you said, it's a chair. It's the fact that I've got every single red light yes. on on the way to a place. Um, whether I'm late or not, it, it doesn't matter. So like now that's against me. And then the bill that I've been expecting anyway comes. And then, you know, someone forgets something for me. And so now I'm hyper fixated mm, on every on little thing that can go wrong. wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's why and the the biggest the biggest change is when you look at these things happening for you as opposed to to you. But God, in the moment, like, and sometimes you just want to let out. Have you ever noticed that that sometimes you just sort of like you you feel like um, someone in a movie who's just been barraged with enemies and you've got you know two hands out loaded weapons and you're just firing away and you're welcoming the next one like come on i don't know about <laughs> you, you but... a warrior spirit oh, <laughs> yes exactly you know yeah um or what was it for dragon ball z super saiyan where they just he just goes yes. bananas like Argh. yeah and sometimes you just need to let that out um <laughs> and then there's a philo philosophical side to it it's the yeah. how it's many the, if you really think about it for you how frequently would a season of when it rains it pours happen in your world like is it 
all the time? Is it once a month, once a year? Like what would we be talking? Um, so let's let's look at David, say, four years ago versus a David now. David, four years ago, when it rains, it pours, it would feel like if it was maybe every three to six months, there'd be one. So on a bad year, you've got, you know, four of them. Mm. Um, now, I can't recollect them specifically, but I get this. That was how frequent it was. Yeah. Um, or it'd be like every six months. Um, and, you know, but, but now I still feel the pressure of things going wrong, but it's more of a sense of what is this showing me? It's showing me something. So it's a sense of it's happening for me. So I've may have said this before, but there's I've heard there's three levels of me. Things are happening to me. Things are happening, and when it's happening to me, I'm a victim. Everything's circumstance, everything's against me. I have to fight for everything. When it's everything, and then the next step is everything's happening for me which is, again, you're, st- you're still sort of in that sense of things, you're at the mercy of things happening, but now this time it's a little bit benevolent and it's, is that the right word? Have I said it correctly? Anyway, um, it's, it's happening for you because it's wanting to show you things in a way to sort of go, here's an opportunity to feel uncomfortable because that discomfort's coming from something that needs to be processed, let yeah. go or healed. And then the third level is it's happening because of you, mm. which is when it's happening because of you, it's it's not something or someone else doing it for you to show it for you. It is yourself, your higher self, your higher spirit, whatever it is, showing you this is something that needs to be cleared and you're doing it for yourself. So for me now, I sort of flick between two and three. Three on a great day, two on a bad day, which is sort of like it's happening to me. Oh, sorry, it's happening for for me, you know, from an external through to why would I be doing this for myself? Why would I choose to experience this? Mm-hmm. Why? What is it bringing up? So it's really hard, and you've said this in the past, to be curious and pissed off at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it I really- spend more. Cool. I spend my time in in the in the curious. Doesn't in matter. The curiosity. Yeah. So, I think but that's really important. In in the last month, I have been pissed off, um, and I I allow myself to be sort of pissed off, but not for a long period of time. To sort yeah. of go, I am pissed off. I'm going to stay pissed off for a while, but I need to be able to come out of it because the mm. last time I stayed pissed off, which was probably, um, geez. Uh, let's say three or four months ago, I allowed myself to stay pissed off for so long, it almost changed my intention, which is really scary. Wow. And it took help from others to get me out. And I didn't actually realize um, at the time that I'd allowed myself to stay in this victim mindset for so long, it, it almost took over. Yeah. And it but I didn't want to change anything. And that's where my intention changed. I knew I was pissed off, but I was happy to be pissed off. I remember that. I think we recorded an episode around that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like, and that was part of a season. And 
you know, for, for me previously, when I go, you know, to the David four years ago, because if anyone's playing at home doing the mass, if I'm doing one every six months, people go, well, shit, David, nothing's changed. Um, well, it has because it's, I'm on a very large healing process. And this, it's all, it's, healing's not about uh, spas and facials and all of those type of things. It's about getting in the mud and digging out those type of things. Where before I was going through these things without seeing the lessons or not seeing them as clearly. Yeah. And isn't it funny that the more you miss, the more it just has to keep happening until you're not, until you turn towards it. I'm really fixated at the moment on this concept of turning towards. Mm. We have to turn towards things. And that's where we require some curiosity to come about, because if we don't at least have some curiosity about what it is, then we don't even know to turn towards. So self-awareness is so important because Mm. uh, one, and there's two things actually I'm really fixated on at the moment. One is self-awareness and the other is this turning towards because like I keep saying to clients, it's just been coming up again and again and again and again and again. If we don't have awareness of something when it's a two, three or four out of 10, mm. it has to scream at an eight, nine or 10 out of 10 in order to get our attention. And so whether it is pain, whether it is hunger, whether it is, mm. you know, a thirst, where, like all of those internal things, but also look at what's happening in your life. Look at the relationship that you're in. Were there issues that were a two, three or four out of 10 at the start and now two years later the issues are the same but now they feel like an eight, nine or 10. They're getting louder. Mm. They're screaming louder. It might be things with your children's behaviour. It might be like you can apply this same concept to anything. Mm. until Uh, we turn towards something it's just going to continue to get louder agreed and to add to that point i found that when i would be in a season of say things going quote unquote and for those on the podcast i got the bunny ears up against me i would always land back on a common thing unfair thing that would just be constant in my life. So for argument's sake, I'm getting all the red lights. There's issues. I've got the bill that I was expecting, but really didn't want. This is happening. Um, something breaks. I've, you know, the, I need to, I've got an unexpected cost. Da, 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 da. I'm dealing with all of these things, but then what triggers underneath it is a wound that has nothing to do with all of that. And for me, very personal, it's, why do I have to continue to do all of this alone? Mm. So it's not a trigger directly about, and when I mean alone, it's not that I don't have great friends. It's not that I don't have amazing kids, but it's that at the moment in my season right now, I'm doing a lot of healing myself and I don't have a significant other. Um, And so there's a lot of great things that have come out of all of that, but, it still triggers that sense of, okay, it would be nice to have someone in my corner, even though I do, but I don't have someone in my corner at that level that I can sort of go back to back, shoulder to shoulder, you know. And after a while, you start to sort of go, okay, all of this is bringing up that I'm 
when everything's great, I'm happy to be alone. But when everything's bad, am I happy to be alone? Yeah. So when everything's great, I feel as though I've healed that wound. But when things are bad, it just goes to show me, mate, you think you've healed the wound, but you haven't. And I don't know. I would this, say this is that, absolutely for me. Like, yeah, I would say because I've kind of played with this concept as well. I think that a wound has layers. And so it's not that we have or haven't healed it. Hmm. It's that we are being taken, we're being invited to the next layer or the next level of, yep. of a core wound. Absolutely. And so that's how I've seen it because I've well, experienced yeah. in the past some frustration going, hmm. oh, this again? Really? Come on. I True. thought we dealt with this. True. But actually, it's going, for me, I observe myself going deeper and deeper and deeper. And each time I go deeper, there's a deeper revelation of myself and a deep, deeper revelation of mm. um, of healing and wisdom and relationship and connection and everything that comes from that. So can you relate to that? Absolutely. But I guess the point I was trying to get to is when you feel as though when everything's great, and you circle back to this idea or this, say, wounding you had previously, and you've put it in that bucket of done. It's in the done tray, right? And then it comes back and you go, oh, this again. It's sort of going, okay, this is coming to you to help you get closer to having this trauma put in the <laughs> done tray as, a, yes. as opposed to you fixed it and then you broke it again and then you fixed it and then you broke yeah. it again. Yeah. And so that's, that for me has been the biggest thing that when you get to a point and it gets a little bit easier, a little bit easier every time you go through these seasons of, you know, it's storming or raining, that you're, so able, that you're able to sort of come through and go, okay, what, is, what am I feeling right now and what's, being, what's bubbling up? Oh, okay, this is an invitation. And it's hard. You 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 can be, you can be frustrated, and you can be sort of you know pushed to the edge, and you're going to feel that pressure. But there's a bit more observation around. Okay, this is actually for me, or this is because of me, not to me. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a little bit of relevance to the turning towards thing there because I think I mean if it is an invitation and we choose to see it that way the natural follow on is, as I said, they're turning towards because I sort of look at it and go, if this thing is piping up, like there's um, a, a form of therapy that talks about parts therapy. And if this mm. part is piping up and it's going, Oh, I'm feeling really abandoned right now. Oh, I'm feeling really lonely right now. Mm, mm. Imagine that part is your little child, like your little three-year-old, mm. your little five-year-old. Right. And that part goes, Oh, I feel abandoned right now and you're there like really this again it's pretty gaslighty <laughs> and so this is I where think. I've really been journeying with myself of going mm. oh I feel really scared right now and instead of turning away from it going oh I thought I dealt with that I'm now getting so much better and more consistent with turning towards that part and going hey What's up? I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm with you. What's going mm. on? What do you need? What do you feel? What are you scared of? What's going on for you? And that's been such a game changer. And it doesn't matter whether it is 
feelings of anxiety or whether I'm, I'm teaching every client that I'm working with, we've, we've just been really focusing on this in Rise and Thrive as well, where we're really, really practicing turning towards. And when those feelings come up, it can be so uncomfortable to turn towards those feelings, mm. which is why we got so good at turning away from them in the first place. That's what we're taught to do. Hey, look, exactly. if, you, if you're feeling sad, what were you taught to do? Well, especially me, it's cheer them up. With you a can, lollipop. You can be there with them, but cheer, cheer them up. Tell you yeah. all the great things that they should be grateful for. Yeah. And all of these things are very well-meaning, right? This, this whole idea of, okay, sit in the mud with them, okay, very rarely spoken about when I was growing up but now becoming a much bigger thing. Now, the big difference and a big caveat here, if you're going to sit there and trauma bond and, you know, dig the dig the hole deeper and add more water to the mud, then, yeah, you're, you're actually not, you're not helping the problem. Mm-hmm. But being able to sort of just go, you know, how does that make you feel? What are the things that are sort of coming up? Is there anything else, you know? Or just sit there in silence and go, yeah. hey, you know what? If you... I just, right now, I just want to show you you're not alone. Or, um, I'm here. Yep. I'm here. I've got you. Yep. I'm here. And the thing is, don't ever say, a really common one is, you're okay. No. And the reason it's a no is because they're telling you they're not okay. Mm-hmm. So when you say you're okay, you're overriding their own innate feeling of not being okay. And so... It creates confusion. It creates a disconnect from their sense of self. Mm. So really powerful is, as as we were just saying, I'm here. Mm. I've got you. I'm here. And I think you, you were saying before, the when it rains, it pours, right? Learning to dance in the rain. Now that's a that's a wonderfully motivational speech. I if you or quote. You go on the internet and you're going to see all these lovely things about, you know, how uplifting it can be. And at the core of the message, it's true. But I've never yet found anyone who could be in such an emotional, chaotic scene or feeling um, to be a point where they're dancing happily in it. Because well, it's it's dancing it's, with joy, like joyfully going. Oh yay! This I've never seen. I, there's two things you can't do: unhappy, smile, as you basically faking it, and dancing. Right? These are the two things that, by default, will bring out that. So, what I'm saying is that it's not about sort of going. You're doing this wrong. If you're not absolutely enjoying the rain, you don't have to enjoy it. But the idea is to aspire to, and the first step for me, and what you and I have been talking about constantly, is be curious. Is it happening for me? Is it happening because of me? Try and get out of the, it's happening, you know, to me. Like the way I sort of see it is if you could stand still in the rain and put your face up. acceptance of the rain? and allow it to wash over you. You don't mm. have to enjoy it. You don't have to put a smile on your face. You don't need to do that. That's a great way to start. Yeah. Because then that way you can sort of spend time in the moment to see what it is that the, the opportunity is 
And the more you do that, you're getting closer to dancing in the rain. But again, I've never seen anyone be in such a such a, an issue and like you, you talk about like what you've been we're, going we're through we're talking hypothetical here guys we're not talking about actually seeing people outside dancing in the rain in case you didn't pick up what we were putting oh out. yeah i mean we're talking metaf- <laughs> metaphorically like metaphorically um, so when when I mean, everything is happening in in the world and in your world and it seems like everything's going wrong all at the same time or in really rapid succession and it's all overwhelming and you know and you're meant That's to feel, you're meant to feel it's great. Yeah. Well, you know, the more time you spend aspiring to head in that direction, you take little steps going forward. Yeah. You will. And, and I think if you move up the emotional tree, like overwhelm, frustration, stress, um, guilt maybe there might be shame there might be anger there might be sadness there might be hurt all of those things are really like probably pretty reasonable things to be expected in those Mm. really chaotic times and I really like what you said about not having to love it it's too much of a jump but can we just go from standing there with the rain on our face can we be in the presence of it Mm. without the emotion behind it so can we just be in a neutral state of acceptance of okay all this is happening and it is a lot and it's really hard Mm. end of story without adding all the other stuff if we can reach that point of just being in it and being Mm. present in it and reaching a point of acceptance that is going from here to here it's like a couple of rungs up the board yeah whereas if we had to go from here all the way up to here like right up to love i love this chaos i love all the stuff that's crumbling around me it's probably too much of a jump for the for your nervous system and you you'd Um, you'd give up right at the start and then you'll just go (laughs) into the fight mode you know Yeah, and I think that's another thing. I'm glad I raised the nervous system. I think it's really important that people understand. I I have a lot of clients say this to me quite often. They'll go, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm going backwards because I had this massive meltdown and I Mm. had this happen and that happen. And and I'm like, so tell me again why you feel like you're going backwards. And they go, oh, because I felt these big emotions and I had this big meltdown. I said, but why does that have to mean you're going backwards? It's not and our nervous system is going to do exactly what it needs to do and you know I just had this example just this week and it's like okay so think about everything that has happened all of the the scenarios and situations and all the stuff that's Mm. happened to make it feel like it's pouring how would the version of you from three years ago have handled that and then how would the version of you from one year ago have handled that Mm. And then how did the version of you from today handle it? And all of a sudden you go, oh, well, yeah, it's pretty fair to react. You know, I use the example of if someone came and keyed my car, I should probably be pretty angry about that. Like I should probably go, oh, that's really frustrating. I'm not going to look at someone keying my car and go, I just love it. It's so joyful. Mm, There's a mismatch. Yes, absolutely. And so it's not about that extent it's about Mm. going okay well maybe two years ago if someone keyed my car I would knock their lights out Mm -hmm. and maybe 
now, instead of wanting to punch them, I might see them feel frustrated, but that frustration drives a healthy response of confrontation. Yeah. I mean, you're allowed to stand up for yourself for sure. Absolutely. So I think that that for me has been a massive learning curve in being able to go, no, every emotion is okay. Every Mm. emotion is normal. Every emotion, including anxiety, is natural and normal and healthy. But, and there's a big but, it is not natural, normal and healthy to be stuck in that emotion the majority of the time. And the sensation of anxiety, for instance, is literally the nervous system just trying to keep you alive. It's gone into a survival response because the circumstances around you are so chaotic that you literally do just need to survive. Mm. Mm. I love um, one of the questions that I asked at the start of this was how often would this happen for you? And I think as well, I agree with you for me in my journey, it's definitely become less frequent. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like that because I remember feeling, especially in my earlier life, like, especially around breakups, relationship breakups, I, they were always so suffocating for me and I really struggled to navigate it. Mm. And after I had experienced a few, it was helpful for me to reflect on when else have I felt like this? When else have I experienced this moment of it feels like everything is happening at once, I'm not going to cope and the whole world's going to cave in? And the reason it's helpful is because it reminds me that that time passed. Yes. When I was in that season, it was horrible and I wanted wanted it to end and it felt like there was no light at the end of the tunnel and it was Mm. awful. But here I am. And I'm not in the season anymore. And so it's reassuring for me to be able to reflect back and go, well, you know, I have felt this before. Mm. And then I didn't feel it, which means that it passed. And even though I'm feeling it now, this also will pass. And so there's the old cliche saying of this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a valuable one. But that's how I practically apply that is I go, okay, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to me? Is this worse than that? Chances are it's not. And did I survive the worst thing that ever happened to me? Yes. So will I survive this? Yes. Especially because I have more tools and resources now as well. Mm. So that's a really valuable for one, one for me. How do you navigate that? Like what if you had advice or wisdom for someone going through a challenging season right now, what would you want them to know? Well, there's, like you said, whether you do it the right way or the quote unquote the wrong way, you will get through it. So whether it's going to be through suppression or whether it's going to be through healing, you're going to find a way out of it. So it is going to be temporary. And um, the, the judgment side, like whatever you're feeling, you don't need to, where you can, add to it. So in my experience, it would be, especially as I started healing, it was well, I should be better than this. And like, as you sort of said, the the client said that, well, you know, I thought I was doing really well until I lost my Well, um, that's okay because there's this judgment when you start getting on the healing path that it's sort of like, I know I'm healed when I'm When I know that I'll never be healed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, 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 it's just like I'm, I'm controlled. I'm 
you know, I won't lash out. I'm not chaotic and I can handle anything that comes my way. And this was really important for, for me to go through because I sort of thought being healed was almost, you know, to the point of being numb because yeah. nothing can mess with me. So, would you, would you say that underneath the word healed is being at peace with whatever is happening, even if whatever is happening is seemingly bad? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I also think to get to that level of healed would be for a, well, let's just put it this way. To be unhealed is to be human. <laughs> to be completely yeah. healed is not to be human. Or oh, there, yeah, might, or there might, be, might be people that get to that level of, let's just say you call it ascension, enlightenment, whatever it is. You're always going to feel that. So when we put that judgment that we're doing a good job on the healing journey when nothing affects us, well, that just you, you're ceasing to be human. Yeah. So you, you it's can't. Something be- I'm, I've been really conscious of. It's it's almost like um, I think I might have spoken about this before. Work couples therapists or something, and then they they can be amazing at their job. They can be absolutely awesome, support people to heal their relationships, get healthier communication, all the mm-hmm. stuff. But then when they have a fight with their partner, they feel like an imposter, right? And sometimes it, like it took me a really long time to shake off that almost unfair expectation that others would have of me that mm-hmm. because of the work that I do, that I don't struggle or I don't lose my crap or I don't, um, I, I am not imperfect. And I think that is A, unfair and B, like you said, we're human and humans are by nature imperfect. And the people who see the most of this for me are obviously my family, my mm. immediate family, because they're part of the ups and downs in a really yep. big way in my daily life, but also my team in my business. Mm. It's like we have we go through some chaotic stuff and even as a leader, sometimes I I will absolutely crack it and have a vent and then we'll go right. Thank you for giving that giving me that safe space and that's one of our company values. Um mm-hmm. is authentic expression of self Mm. but then it's about going okay what do we do now let's let's go fix let's go to the solution Mm. now and I think that learning from the challenges seeing these hard times as opportunities for growth reflecting on all the situations even if they're chaotic and even if they're stressful and gaining from that insight into how we can be better people as a result of it or how a process or a system can improve or changes that need to be made in whatever way. And so we call that the response. How do we respond? If there's been a reaction, how is that? How do we respond? And that's been a really powerful thing. So I would say the only other thing that is encompassed within that for me personally is seeking support, like Mm. being able to last night, I sent a message to two of my my closest friends and I said, guys, I'm a mess. Do you have capacity to hold me right now? Mm. And I I just needed to be heard. I needed my friends to know what I was experiencing, not to 
bring them into the pity party with me, but to hold me in love while I was there. Mm. And I think it's really important to ask permission because sometimes you might be having your own chaos in your life and here I am going, okay, it's 9 or 10 p.m. on whatever night. I'm going to just unload on Dave right before he goes to bed, make sure he can't sleep tonight either. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just not something that we're Mm. commonly taught. So seeking support from our friends and stuff Mm. is really important. But I would also encourage people to to use that, practice that sentence, hey, I'm having a really hard hard time right now. Do you have capacity to hear me? Do you have capacity Mm. to hold me? That support's huge. And as soon as someone says yes, they're more likely to actually be present with you and show up for mm. you. And, you know, nine times out of ten, you're not, you're not looking for a solution in that moment. You're not looking for it to be fixed. That's co-regulation. Last night, my close friend co-regulated me. Mm. And by the nice. end of that call, I was happy again. The external circumstances didn't change. Mm-hmm. But they supported me to process the emotion that I was feeling, be present with me in it, allow it to be okay, and then I was better able to cope with whatever was coming up. Mm. That's awesome because, yeah, you're right. Understanding your own capacity because, like, as you sort of said, as things build up, and, you know, you're able to reach out to, to a friend, but imagine if it went the opposite way. And your kids started at you and then other things were popping up. And then Mm -hmm. if you can't understand your own capacity as well, and I've had the conversation before, whether my kids actually fully understand what the word I don't, or the phrase, I don't have capacity at the moment is, um, I still use it, but I'll say to them, look, I don't feel as though. I have capacity and what that means is I don't have a lot of patience right now and I I might start acting like you're a problem or what you're asking me is a problem, even though it's probably not. Can we wait until tomorrow so that I can actually have some time? Now, normally my tone is not like how I'm saying it now. It's probably a little bit more deeper, slower, controlled, as opposed to sort of casual like I'm talking about it now. Yeah. But it's not up here where I'm sort of like, I've had enough, stop it. All you ever do is blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So then just added some more guilt and shame onto myself for how I handled that. Yeah. Because I look back and go, I reacted like that because my chair was squeaky. Excellent. Like what, yeah. what, type, what type of human am I now? I so, want to acknowledge the people listening to this who might still find themselves reacting like that from time to time though. Hmm. You are not going to traumatize your child from losing your crap once in a while. Mm-hmm. If life bubbles over and you find yourself in a blubbering, screaming mess, your children are going to be okay. You're not damaging them for life. Oh, absolutely but not. I just want to add the but here. Your children are going to be confused. There's going to be a rupture in the connection there. Mm-hmm. And so the most important thing following that moment of blowing up of explosion of big bubbling mess is repair Mm -hmm. and repair sounds like i'm so sorry are you okay i want you to know that that was 
my big feelings and it wasn't your fault. Mm. You didn't deserve to be spoken to that way. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Giving them certainty that it wasn't about them, that it's not their fault. And does it make the behavior okay? No, I would 100% of the time like to not be an explosive blubbering mess. Absolutely. That's the ideal. But again, human. Now, am I an explosive blubbery mess every single day? No, that would be a really big problem. Mm. But if you are sitting there and you're feeling guilt or shame come up because you had your your chair squeaked and you cracked it, Mm. It's the repair. Every single bit of childhood trauma research shows this. It's the repair to a rupture, not the rupture that's important. Itself. Yeah, and I've, I've had it before where I haven't been proud of how I've handled things. And, you know, the kids might have been pushing my buttons. They may not have been. It could have been reasonable. Well, actually, any time it's not reasonable. But you start to learn because any good parent will feel about doing that and there would normally be some kind of discussion whether it be at the start well if you as a child stop triggering me I won't have to do that yeah right and And by the way no no one's getting to episode 35 of our podcast (laughs) who falls who doesn't feel bad yeah but then (laughs) from there it, it, it goes to the the next phase which will be um I'm really sorry I did that I shouldn't have that was my fault Um, and you know, but I reacted to maybe you doing this. I think that's quite okay. And you, you keep on working up to a point where you start to go, okay, they say something and you feel your body going into, I've got no capacity. I'm on the verge or I am dysregulated or unregulated and you say the words which is basically preempting right now. I don't have capacity. I can't do it. Can we find another time? Because you're not going to get the best out of me and, you know, sort of circle back to it. But yes, absolutely. I've been through all of those. Mm. And um, the kids just need to sort of understand that it's, it's actually okay to be that way. Not, constantly like that you can't you can't get to a point where you're modeling to a child you have to be composed 100% of the time or you're a bad adult no I'm sorry it never works that way yeah and also the flip side of that is you don't get to have take no responsibility for your emotional reactions and think that as long as you apologize and you know um say the right things 50 times a day that that's your job done. That's not the case. There yeah. have to, like it, it would be like someone, you know, imagine in a relationship and someone cheating on you but then apologising but then continuing to cheat on you without making any attempt to change their behaviour. That would never be acceptable. It would. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and so yeah. by well, the it's... same token, it's yeah. acceptable for it to happen, like we can accept it mm. and we can repair it and it has to come with actual action afterwards to prevent that from being a common thing. And so 
it's not, it is going to be trauma if Mm. we do it, say sorry, keep doing it, say sorry, keep doing it, say sorry. Because just like you were saying, what are we modeling? If we model, we can, I can do whatever I want as long as I say sorry. I can keep Um, doing it. I can keep hurting you. I can keep treating you like crap. I can keep. You know. I don't need to have a shower if I carry around air freshener with me. You're yeah. Like it's sort of like, don't worry, guys. Here, yeah. You know, yeah. I could be as smelly as I like. So, so it it does have to come. We can be remorseful and we can be we can be sorry, but that sorry does have to come packed with action and packed with a response. And when I say reaction is the thing that we're sorry for, response is what we do as a product of that reaction. So we're well, going, yeah. how am I going to respond to this in the future? I'm going to go a- and, you know, do rise and thrive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think oh, nice, nice plug, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> what you're trying to get to is the sorry is the apology. The sorry is not the fix. Yeah. So the sorry by itself being the fix is completely inadequate. What it is, is to sort of say the sorry is the apology. And apology is self-responsibility. It's it's a willingness to acknowledge it. And to sort of go, okay, even if part of the fix is being a bit more observant next time, it doesn't need to be, you know, what's the the first thing I actually have to knee-jerk do, you know, um, okay, I'll I'll do whatever. Um, You know, I'm trying to sort of think, to sort of go, all right, to, to fix it, I'll buy you a toy it's fixed now it's fixed right when we're talking about a kid or i'll take you to disneyland or i'll do something like that yes that's part of the apology but that's not the fix it's how did you get to that point and that self-responsibility being observant being curious this happened for me this is happening because of me not happening to me that's where I think is what you're trying to say. Because otherwise the sorry being the fix, it's going to just keep on repeating. Yeah. And, you know, have, maybe people have experienced this where someone has apologised for something but then keep doing it and you go, you're sorry, the, there's no weight in your words. It just means no, nothing. It's, it's now a pattern. It's like yeah. oh, I, don't, I don't believe you and you're actually not that sorry. It or, has to be followed up by action for, and change. Yeah, or for a child, they'll be seeing it as, well, as long as I say sorry, I can get away with it. Yes, exactly. That's the point that I was making. And then, so, and then watch the parents that do that to their kids get really upset when their kids do it back to them. Yes, because they hold up a mirror, don't <laughs> Mad they? trigger. That's hilarious. <laughs> if we were to be wrapping this up, what would be your final umbrella overarching take home message of support camaraderie mm-hmm. wisdom advice encouragement what is it yeah stay curious you're allowed to feel like you're allowed to feel like and work on a solution if you're not sure what the solution is just know it's not a sorry yeah and stay curious about what that might be and then from from there just know everyone has or is or will be going through the same thing. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. I love that. Mine mine came in the form of an image. Lovely. And <laughs> if you could just draw it for us, that'd be great. The image was 
kind of going down into the bunker and, you know, you got, yep. you've got that bunker of the low point, that low point mm-hmm. of you're in the chaos, you're in the, that hardcore moment. But it's funny because I saw a camp chair and so mm-hmm. the, the camp chair is you're just visiting, you're just passing through, that's it. Yeah, they can be pretty comfy though, camp chairs. I've been they camping. can be pretty comfy, yeah, yeah. right. So cool. They even, they even come recliners now, did you know? Anyway. But we, we are not going to Ikea getting some permanent furniture and mm. moving in. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for me in this season, because the reason we're doing this whole episode is because I'm in one of these seasons, it feels like at the moment. It's a squeaky chair. Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's literally raining outside. No, it's, it's yeah, not. Right, right, right. Um, but so my point is it's okay to visit. It's okay mm. to visit that space, but don't go and move in there. So yeah. even if you feel a moment of anxiety, be present with that anxiety. Set up a camp chair and just sit next to it, observe it, be with it, be present with it, but don't move in. Mm. And that's my encouragement for myself and to anyone else is when it rains and it pours, eventually it always stops raining. I have so much evidence of that in my life. Mm. I have so many of those moments and it always stops raining eventually. So as soon as it stops raining, pick up your champ, pick up your champ care. Oh, yep. yep <laughs> pick up yep. that camp chair and get on with your adventure. Fantastic. And look, I, I agree 100%. Even though as slippery as it can feel to stay in that spot because let's face it, we've all had a, a – it's, it's one of those things, a pity party you know is not good for you, but sometimes it just feels good <laughs> to be in a pity party. Um, do it for a little bit and then go on. But more interestingly enough, Ash, how do you feel now at the end of the show versus the top of the show of when it rains, it pours? How are you feeling? Give us an I update. Feel- yeah, I feel pretty good. I always okay. feel good after chatting to you, and that's why I think my seek support thing is is nice. Like, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Being present with people that you feel safe with and having enriching conversations—it's mm. really good for the soul. Connection, big yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you very much, Ash. It's been a wonderful episode. Um, next episode, we won't talk too much about the weather, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.